Are you getting pressure from finance to justify or reduce your cloud bill? CloudZero is the only cloud cost platform loved by engineers and trusted by finance. CloudZero can identify unused, idle, or over-provisioned resources, alert you to spend anomalies, and organize 100% of your spend into a framework that mirrors your business structure, like cost per customer, product feature, or team. It's the most powerful platform ever built to provide accurate, granular visibility into your total cloud spend without the typical pitfalls of legacy cloud cost management tools like endless tagging or clunky Kubernetes support. Manage cost, optimize development, and maximize profit all in one platform. Join companies like Rapid7, Drift, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's cloudzero.com slash cloudcast. Visit today to experience immediate and ongoing savings on your cloud bill. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to The Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Another Sunday Perspective show as we creep towards the middle of February 2024. Hope everybody's doing well. I know uh, a lot of folks are going to be listening to this on a Sunday, uh, the day of the Super Bowl here in the United States. Uh, Lots and lots of people watch that both here in the States and around the world. So hopefully, uh, whether you're tuning in for football or tuning in for Taylor Swift, you'll enjoy the game. Whether you are getting ready for potentially Valentine's Day with uh, uh, your significant other, the person you love, some sort of plans you have around that. But uh, Hopefully, a little Sunday perspective uh, jumps in there somewhere. I want to talk about uh, kind of one of these Sunday perspectives where, uh, you know, somewhere during the week or the weeks ahead, uh, you know, some sort of data point pops up and we try and make a little bit of sense of it. And as I was digging into this more and more, um, you know, there's just a sort of a lot of a lot of weirdness around this one. So where this kind of got started for me, uh, and we'll obviously we'll dig into this in the second part of the show, was listening to a new podcast that popped up uh in my tech feed. Uh, it's called the BG2 Podcast. It is um, a couple of very well-known Silicon Valley venture capitalists uh, just starting off a podcast. The two of them are talking about a whole bunch of topics in the industry. And one of the things that they were talking about was the recent kind of trend of the big cloud providers investing, making very, very large investments in things like OpenAI and Anthropic and some of the very big AI model building companies. And their their point was, you know, essentially, this is this feels a little bit different. They they essentially were saying, you know, how is the VC world measuring or trying to figure out the valuations of AI companies? And they were having a hard time doing that because so much of the AI world right now feels a little bit askew towards some of these really big models, i.e., the Anthropics and OpenAI's and Mistrals and some of these others. Um, and you know, so they were trying to figure out, you know, how does that work? And then they were kind of bemoaning the idea that while VCs typically have to go out and raise funding, and then that funding is is invested into these various companies, that the cloud providers were, in essence, using um, less of a cash investment and more of cloud credits. So in essence, uh, you know, we, we invested $4 billion, but really only say a half a billion dollars of that is in cash and the other three and a half billion is in cloud credits. And so there was a lot of discussion about, you know, what does that mean to the industry? What does that mean in terms of valuation of these companies? And, and valuation of the companies mostly is only relevant to the company themselves and to VCs. It's not necessarily relevant to you and I other than headlines. But they did sort of, you know, kind of then get into this question of, 
you know, is it a good thing for the cloud providers to be giving away cloud credits? And then as those credits are renewed, claiming those credits as both an investment, but also more importantly, a uh, a set of revenue, right? So a new set of revenue coming in. So that was kind of the, the beginning of me thinking about this stuff. And then, you know, a whole bunch of other things happened around cloud investments and people looking for money around GPUs and around AI. And so it, it kind of made me think about, okay, how do we connect the dots on some of these things? Because it does feel like as much as everybody's talking about AI um, and it feels like it's overwhelming the conversation in our industry right now, which which it is for, you know, for good reasons and, and other reasons, um, it almost feels like the the funding and the cost of AI and sort of some of the interesting dynamics happening around it are maybe not getting as much play as they should. So I thought what I would do in the second part of the show is sort of dig into, you know, kind of pull at a bunch of threads that are starting to emerge and starting to come together and and ultimately, you know, what feels like the beginning of a bunch of kind of rules and frameworks kind of getting re rejiggered, if you will, re reframed, restructured, you know, whatever the right word is. Um, I kind of want to dig into that after the break. Transform your business with Microsoft Azure, the one-stop shop for everything cloud and AI. With Azure Migrate and Modernize, move your existing workloads to Azure with ease. With Azure Innovate, build new solutions with focused and deep engagement. Their core offerings provide comprehensive resources, expert assistance, and cost optimization tools. Accelerate your cloud journey and stay ahead of the competition with Microsoft Azure. Visit aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. That's aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we want to dig into kind of what feels like some very interesting different threads, different data points that are kind of popping up. And what feels like the beginning of maybe some remaking of Where's money coming from in our industry as it relates to AI? How is it being used and spent uh, in terms of model building versus company building and so forth? And what are some of the kind of limiting factors or things that are starting to emerge that may have very, very large term ramifications, right? So I'm going to throw out a couple of data points or a couple of kind of instances, and we'll try and connect the dots between them. And I, I think quite honestly, um, you know, this may be maybe the first of what will probably be a whole bunch of conversations that we'll want to have around the way that AI is being, uh, you know, it's being funded in essence throughout the industry. Because ultimately, one of the things that we've done over the last 10 plus years on this show is we've really, you know, not only tried to highlight the technologies that are emerging in cloud computing, uh, but just as importantly, trying to paint a pretty good picture or get a very good understanding of where's the money coming from uh, in this industry. And I know for a lot of people, you know, talking about about money and revenue and profits and all that stuff kind of turns them off. And, and that's that's fine, right? If you're kind of turning to the show purely as a technologist, that's that's fine. You know, we've always, Aaron and I have always sort of guided or, or, or said, hey, um, as much as you are trying to wrap your head around technology, apply technology, learn your skills, it does you at least a certain amount of good to understand the economics of your industry. Because if you don't understand at least the basics of the economics around the industry, um, especially at that time, you potentially leave yourself vulnerable to situations in which you fall in love with the technology, you believe the technology is going to be really impactful for whatever you do, 
And if you don't understand the economics of it, you can find yourself very quickly kind of getting blindsided uh, by this love of the technology and not understanding that the technology and the economics don't line themselves up and that, you know, one or the other uh, may quickly disappear or crash or not behave in the way that you expected. So anyways, I use that as sort of, you know, caveat emptor, uh, you know, be- beware. And anyway, so here's here's the things that that kind of I've been, been noodling around in my brain. So we have this huge amount of investment by the three large cloud providers and, and probably more so, uh, you know, other cloud providers as well in not just GPUs. We've, we've all kind of seen the numbers in terms of, you know, how many GPUs that the various cloud providers are buying, right? We've got, uh, you know, Facebook talking about having a 600,000 GPU farm and the cloud providers having, you know, four or five, 600,000 GPUs and, uh, you know, making these massive, massive investments. Obviously, right now, NVIDIA is the biggest beneficiary of all of that. Um, we expect that'll evolve over time, right? We started to see the some of the cloud providers talk about even building their own GPUs. Uh, Azure is already talking about building their own GPUs and so forth. But we've got this huge investment by the cloud providers, not only in GPUs, but also uh, because for the most part, they don't necessarily build their own models. And that's not, uh, you know, completely true. You know, Google obviously has been in the model building business for a long time, probably more so than anybody else. Um, Microsoft is investing in open AI heavily, heavily. Uh, Amazon has some of their own models, but they've also kind of feels like they're they've sort of, I don't know if they acknowledge, but they sort of acknowledge they're a little bit behind. So they're investing in people like Anthropic and other stuff like that. So we have both massive investment in in GPUs, uh, mostly benefiting uh, NVIDIA. Um, we've got massive investment in the models themselves. And what's interesting is the investment in GPUs obviously has to be uh, driven by cash and cash reserves and, and probably going through a certain amount of what, the the CPU vendors went through, um, you know, during the last 10 plus years where the cloud providers were were placing orders and they were rapidly consuming them, not necessarily paying for them right away and, you know, probably getting into different sort of, uh, you know, different ways of, of, of paying for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they're paying for the GPUs. Obviously, uh, NVIDIA would probably like them to be all be paid for up front. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and the reason I, I mentioned that is because we are starting to see some reports come out from various places that the GPUs, while they're available um, and people are reserving them, they're not necessarily being utilized at high rates. Um, and, you know, to a certain extent, this is probably to be expected uh, because a lot of this stuff is is still somewhat new. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting because, again, we would think of the GPUs as being such incredibly valuable resources um, that that people would try to utilize them to the greatest extent. And so there's there, there are a bunch of links in the show notes to various reports that are starting to say, well, maybe the GPUs aren't necessarily being as, as highly utilized. And the reason that's being said is because if they were as utilized as uh, people would expect them to be, you know, the cloud revenues would be higher than they would be. Anyway, so another another data point about the cloud revenues. Now, what's interesting and what got me starting about this was, as I mentioned, uh, this this podcast is BG2 podcast, which was a bunch of VCs kind of bemoaning the idea that they were kind of being cut out of the loop to a certain extent in terms of investing in these high-flying, high-gravity companies, the Anthropics, the OpenAIs, the big model builders, and that, you know, the 
the way that thing they were being funded was serving cloud credits from the cloud providers. And obviously that gets interesting because the cloud providers, uh, you know, being part of very, very large companies, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, you know, have access to a certain extent to huge, huge amounts of cash. Uh, they've been hoarding cash for, for many, many years. They've got huge cash reserves. Uh, but instead they are, you know, essentially making these investments with cloud credits, right? So um, I'm giving you $4 billion, but essentially, you know, three and a half billion dollars of that, for example, is in you directly utilizing my service. And it's, it's really an interesting way of going about funding it because not only does it allow them probably to do a couple of things. Number one, um, they get to take a, an equity position many times in these companies, right? So they're, they're investing in the future. They're getting near-term revenues back for that pseudo investment, right? Like the money didn't really actually leave them. And, uh, you know, they already have this investment, which is depreciating, um, and it's helping them accelerate the depreciation of it. So it, it gets into some really interesting sort of economics and math and accounting and so forth as to, you know, what do these investments look like? And they look very different than the risk that venture capitalists take in which, um, you know, they're not necessarily getting their money back right away. So, that part was was very interesting. I think it has some interesting ramifications as we do our normal sort of cloud news of the week, cloud news of the month stuff, or you know what'll be cloud news of the quarter as we look at the cloud revenues. You know, we're already starting to see uh, the cloud providers talk about the the revenue bump that they're getting from AI, but it does, you know, for example, so Microsoft's Q2 2024 earnings report states that AI services contributed six percentage points of growth to Azure revenue. This is an increase from three percentage points in the previous quarter. So this is a quote from the recent Microsoft earnings. And it does make you sort of wonder, are we, when we start talking about AI growth in the cloud, are we going to be talking about growth from customers? So meaning like not open AI training their models, which technically is a customer of Azure, but you know, it's not JP Morgan, it's not Ford, it's not Boeing, it's not, you know, Barclays or, you know, HSBC or, you know, anybody along those lines. Um, so it would be interesting to start and watch and see, do we see these numbers popping out in the earnings calls from cloud providers, but yet maybe not clarification of who exactly is utilizing all these GPUs, who's doing all this quote unquote AI that's propping up the numbers for the cloud providers. So I think that's going to be an interesting sort of thing to watch is, you know, will we be able to figure out the granularity between essentially the renewal of these investment credits, cranking out, trying to build bigger models, faster models, and so on and so forth, more capable models? Or are they actually sort of second order downstream, actual end customers utilizing the AI services or, or you know, building applications that then touch these models and so forth? So I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. The other thing that's, second thing that's interesting is, you know, what happens to VC investment? Because we all know there is huge pent up demand uh, to be involved in the AI space, to be investing in the AI space, right? Sort of, you know, we've mentioned this many times. It's It feels like the next computing era. It feels like sort of the next gold rush in computing. But, you know, will will we see the VC community be able to participate at the level that they want to? Will we start to see the cloud providers, you know, sort of through their VC arms, if you will, their own internal VC arms, basically saying, hey, this is a great model. 
let's start cutting out the VCs, right? Let's let's go directly to these technologies. Let's offer cloud credits. Uh, let's sort of build this flywheel in which, you know, you're not having to chase money. We're providing this thing. We're able to you know, utilize our resources more. We're able to depreciate them. Um, so it does feel a little bit like we might be we might be at the beginning of sort of a new VC framework. Um, and it'll be interesting to sort of dig into, you know, what does that look like from a risk perspective? What does that look like from a, a partnership perspective uh, with the cloud providers? Because obviously, you know, companies and startups have a certain relationship with VCs. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. What does that look like in terms of, you know, working with the cloud providers? Is that a good thing? Uh, because not only are they providing you credits, um, is it a bad thing because they're not providing you as much cash? So maybe you're more constrained in terms of the number of people you can hire, um, you know, or what you can pay your data scientists. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, obviously, the VCs don't necessarily have any go-to-market path to help you with that. Uh, the cloud providers, you know, obviously have cloud, you know, partner go-to-market paths and partner joint programs and marketplaces and stuff. So that seems like it would be sort of beneficial more more for the cloud provider than a traditional VC. Um, but I think that space is going to be really, really interesting to watch is, uh, you know, how much investment do we see from them? And then how do, you know, how do the cloud providers, if they go down this path, how do they manage sort of the conflicts of interest that might arise or the you know sort of prioritization that might arise uh, from getting access to these GPUs, uh, their go-to-market paths and all those sort of things. So, so that becomes sort of interesting. Now, the third thing that I thought was sort of interesting, and this this again popped up here in this last week, and this is one of those articles that you read and you think like, ah, this seems a little bit crazy, um, you know, and, and and so your your red flags sort of go up, your spidey sense sort of goes up. Uh, but there's an article out there floating around that some, Sam Altman, who is uh, at least wearing one hat, the CEO of uh, OpenAI. Uh, we, we talked about Sam for the for the year end, and he had a little bit of a little bit of bumpiness at OpenAI, but seems to be back at OpenAI. And the articles that are being written and the the things that are floating around is that he is seeking up to seven trillion T trillion seven trillion dollars for this sort of new chip concept of, of whatever whatever he's trying to do. So he's basically saying, look, you know, in order for us to achieve these massive, massive AI goals, we're going to need far greater uh, GPU capacity than than the world provides today and is out, you know, going to all sorts of investment vehicles from nation states and sovereign wealth funds to VCs and so forth, and allegedly is looking for up to $7 trillion. Um, and, and the reason I bring this up is, is, you know, it's interesting sort of headline fodder and it's a gigantic number. I mean, it's just, it's an insane number. There's actually a, a, a tweet that's floating around that I put a link to in the show notes, um, that sort of says, you know, this is, <laughs> these are the companies that, that if this amount of money was raised, who they could buy, uh, NVIDIA, TSMC, Broadcom, ASML, Samsung, AMD, Intel, Qualcomm, Applied Materials, Texas Instruments, Lamb Research, Arm, Analog Devices, Micron, KLA, Foxconn, Marvell, and MediaTek, all these companies in the chip sector, and you'd still have $1.5 trillion left over. So, so buying up all those companies, essentially the entire chip market is about five and a half billion or five point something billion. Uh, and you know, he's kicking around these ideas of trying to raise nearly seven trillion. Um, so 
anyways, the reason this was sort of interesting is, you know, not not from the sort of eye candy or clickbaitiness of, you know, how big it is or the title, but it does make you wonder, um, you know, the last time we've seen these kind of crazy, crazy ambitions about raising in, insane amounts of money were, you know, in the sort of WeWork or Uber sort of things where, where somebody who was believed to be sort of the, you know, this, this visionary of this segment of the industry, essentially saying, there are no rules in this new game that I'm going to create. There are no laws. There are no national priorities. There are no nothing, um, you know, but I'm going to need so much money to go about doing this. And it's interesting in that so much of this money is being raised, you know, is it being raised aligned to OpenAI? Is it being aligned to something outside of OpenAI such that Sam is, you know, kind of trying to get outside of that vacuum and saying, hey, I, I don't necessarily want to own the greatest model. I want to own the chipsets. Um, you know, I want to own the pickaxes and the shovels. Um, so anyways, I thought that was interesting as well. And so, you know, when we put all those sort of three things together in terms of the VC industry feels like it's being disrupted a little bit in terms of sort of their traditional model. The cloud providers are starting to try and control their own destiny, but they're doing it in sort of interesting, novel, and maybe, maybe not good financial ways. We'll see. And then, you know, you have some overblown kind of ambitions, um, you know, grandiose, grandiose, grandiose ambitions to completely change the market. And the reason that one's interesting is because, you know, what Uber and eventually Lyft and so forth did to, you know, things like ride sharing, like, is there a correlation there between that and this gigantic ask of, you know, funding for something that's, you know, sort of chips, essentially infrastructure for, you know, huge, huge swaths of what could become AI? Like, is it, is it too much and so forth? So anyways, um, I just thought those three things were sort of interesting. They they do feel like, uh, you know, people trying to look at the big map of things and and going, I don't know if I like the map anymore. I don't know if I like the game. I have these ambitions for what the world could be. And in order to get there, uh, we're essentially going to have to, you know, spend more time with the eraser than we will with the, with the pen or the Sharpie, uh, erasing sort of the lines of the old games, the old expectations, the old models, and basically redrawing them with something new. So anyways, uh, I think it's been very interesting to sort of start to think about how this all comes together. Obviously, on this show, we will do a bunch to do our best to to cover the technology as we've always done. Um, but I think we will, uh, you know, do just as much in terms of trying to make sure we understand the economics and, and get ahead of it. Because I think, you know, we're beginning to watch AI blossom. Uh, you know, we, we, we kind of fully believe in the in the thesis that this is the beginning of the AI era. But again, every era is is dictated both by technology, but also by by economics and debt and interest rates and all those sort of things. And so it'll be very interesting for us to to kind of watch all that unfold. So anyways, um, just not necessarily have a final conclusion for today's show, but just some things that we're really thinking about from a pers- you know, Sunday perspective as opposed to a Sunday conclusion. So anyways, thank you all for listening. Hope your February is going well. Hope whoever you uh, are rooting for in the Super Bowl, whether it's the football game or Taylor Swift or something else goes well for you. And hopefully uh, your February is going well as the uh, the days begin to be a little bit longer in terms of daylight, start to warm up a little bit, and uh, and hopefully everybody's starting to get outside a little bit. So anyways, with that, we'll wrap it up. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for clicking on the subscribe button. Thanks for you know downloading the show and, and listening to it regularly so it stays up to date in the, in the charts and, and continues to get downloaded for you. So with that, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.